0: hello and welcome to episode 50 of the sustainable e-commerce podcast the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet as always of course i'm your host Charles smith and yes you heard that right we've made it to a half century of episodes which i'm almost irrationally proud of Obviously, what we're talking about on this show is fairly niche compared to a lot of other podcasts. We only talk to sustainable, purpose-driven brands and the service providers helping them to be more sustainable and grow more sustainably. We have a strong focus on Aussie and New Zealand brands. And so when you layer all that up, It makes for a reasonably tight audience, which is why I'm so grateful to you for listening. When we started this back in March 2022, I really didn't know if anyone would listen. But we're now at a point where our listeners are roughly doubling every two months. And that's thanks to your support, but also the inspiring stories and remarkable actions being taken by the guests we actually have on this show. I recently posted on socials celebrating our one-year anniversary and sharing my highlights from the past year. If you're on LinkedIn, tap in tinyurl.com 50eps, that's F-I-F-T-Y-E-P-S, which will take you directly to that post, and it would mean the world to me if you would drop into that post and share a thumbs up if you're enjoying the show, or better still, leave a comment or two about your favourite episode so far, what you like about the show, and even what value you'd like to see us add to the format. And talking of value, I am just so excited about the next 50 episodes. Not just our amazing guests, which I do know you're gonna love, but also thanks to our sponsors like Heaps Good Packaging, we're making the show carbon neutral and we have some great plans for delivering impact towards cleaning up our oceans. More on that later this year, but for now, I wanted you to know that your listenership really does matter. And so if you do know anyone that would be interested to listen, please do share. Now with that said, let's talk about this week's show. It's no coincidence that we've accepted heaps good packaging as our first sponsor. Aside from being one of the easiest on ramps for a brand to start doing things more sustainably, sustainable packaging is actually a really important element and vehicle for your brand story. Yet, as we started to review the data from our huge analysis of 500 sustainable brands, we discovered that the vast majority are either missing the opportunity to leverage packaging as part of their brand story, or failing to communicate what they they are doing to their customers. And that's bad because not only is packaging a pain point for eco-conscious consumers, but there's evidence now that those same customers are seeking that information when choosing brands to buy from. So I've invited Adam Sarfati from Heapsgood back on the show this week to talk about this specifically, provide some guidance on the realities of sustainable packaging options, and some exciting news to share around using packaging as a storytelling tool that I know you're going to want to take advantage of. So with that, let's start the show. adam safati welcome back to the show
1: thank you for having me on again how are you i
0: am very very well we we obviously are celebrating our 50th episode today so what a brilliant time to welcome you back and say hello again and what have you been up to ads
1: um congrats firstly that's uh, that's massive hopefully we'll be here again for your, for your 100th that'll be really exciting but um we've been really busy um interesting start for you I think there's a, a lot of things going on the um, the economy is, is, is obviously changing and um, the, the landscape for, for sort of businesses is changing as well so it's um, it's been very interesting I, I keep saying this
0: I almost feel like it's a cliche already but this this concept of new normals that we seem to be going through every year for the past four <laughs> years has been a new normal and we're, again we're in a new normal of what the hell is this year going to be I don't know who knows
1: changing quickly as well I think those cycles are um, certainly happening faster and faster and we're getting used to that new normal it's almost you know, on a quarter basis
0: now let's chat about some stuff that you are you guys are up to now because it's exciting times and and, and i wanted to have you back on the show uh today because we are very soon to release uh the results of our massive 500 brand indexing exercise uh that we've been conducting over the last year and one of the things that's come out really strongly from that which is interesting is how brands are handling stroke mishandling the communications around shipments and and that Mm -hmm. includes obviously things like being whether whether they are or aren't carbon neutral but a key focus is around their packaging and how customers can expect to receive the products in the mix. And obviously being an industry expert in this space, I knew that you were going to be able to add a lot of value to our listeners on how to think about this, how to communicate it, but also what the options actually are. So but before we get back into that, for anybody who doesn't know uh heaps good packaging, could you talk a little bit about what you guys do and introduce the brand just a moment?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um so heaps good is a sustainable packaging brand for e specifically, you know we provide products for, for e-com doesn't mean we don't have products for, for other customers, but that's our primary focus. So we've got a, a range of sustainable products that um suit e-com you know, businesses' needs, um, from um, mailers to you know stickers to printers, um, to you know possible bubble wrap, um, alternatives and, and everything in between. So um we've been around for about three years almost. Yeah, keep sort of increasing um and, and looking for new products and um providing Products that our clients are asking for.
0: I think that's a brilliant point. You're providing products that your clients are asking for. So, what is it that brands are looking for? What's the trend with packaging these days? And what do you? Why is it that so many brands are in fact seeking sustainable packaging options right now?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. I think it's been something that's been underway for at least a couple of years in Australia, and probably three or four years. But um it's it's consumer driven, and, and and it's just that slowly, slowly, the the market is demanding. Um, you know packaging that can either be recycled at that you know that's the worst case scenario I think or composted, but people are conscious of those end of life cycle options and, and what actually happens to the products they're receiving or, or the packaging they're receiving their products in. Um, we're all shopping online more. So it's increasing and um it's something that I'm sure you as a consumer know as well. It's it's annoying receiving something in plastic. So um I think that's a huge part of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is almost nothing more irritating than um buying a what you think is a good product, a good for the world product, let's say. And then having it packaged in plastic or wrapped in bubble wrap or something, or especially when it's completely unnecessary. Definitely. It's very annoying to have that. And and you know, that's obviously part of the experience, which we're gonna talk about in, in a few moments, that that packaging absolutely is part of the customer experience. And for many, for many brands, for many, for many customers, potentially the first touch point that you have uh with a brand in particular. So so what's the trend at the moment ads? So obviously, we've we've gone through an interesting six months let's say with regards to recycling of soft plastics here in australia uh obviously there's there's a lot of brands out there doing recyclable plastic mailers uh what's the trend now for what brands are looking for with all that said
1: look i think plastic and and i think we've been going that way you know for a while plastic is dead and, and we need to sort of um especially soft plastic in light of the current um red cycling fiasco which is really I guess driven a lot of customers start looking at, at options if they were still using plastic. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think at the very least, um, a product needs to be, and I think a great option at the moment is is still if something is, is recyclable, um, if it can't be a composted, that a recyclable option is good. It, it's an interesting one that you're talking about sort of mailers and padded mailers, because there isn't currently a compostable or a home compostable padded mailer available on the market. There are there are options that sort of sit between. Um, we are working on something at the moment, actually looking to make it in Australia with um, actually a really sort of large manufacturer. So it's quite interesting to sort of get into those volume levels we're able to change some of those things and, and, and look at making those products here, but it's going to be a padded mailer. that will be completely curbside recyclable, um, and, and that's the sort of product that I think customers are looking for. They know that it either has to be you know, compostable, curbside, recyclable. Um, the soft plastic recycling thing at the moment, until there is an option for customers to actually do that in their homes, I think, it's a bit of a stretch so yeah that's pretty much what i guess people are asking for at the moment
0: compostable padded mailer that sounds kind of mind-blowing in a way um i don't even know how you would achieve that but that's that sounds pretty cool i know that's going to be really interesting uh, as a as a product because certainly in, you know back in the day when we used to send out lots of stuff it was always padded mailers
1: it, it look it's a, it's a really important product it's something we haven't added to our suite of products and we we've stayed away from it for exactly those reasons there's been some problems with Every variation we've looked at, um, pretty excited about this one and i think look the fact that we're going to be able to make it in australia as well as is, is the, the cherry on top
0: you mentioned an interesting word there or i did i can't remember which which one of us talked about it but but compostable right yes. so this is an interesting topic i think because um one of the things that we have been looking at with regards to the whole messaging and marketing of brands is how brands can better communicate and better educate customers on what the heck to do with the shipment packaging mm-hmm. once they receive it so can you put the line between all the dots for us about what compostable really means? What's the difference to biodegradable? And yep. ultimately, then let's talk about what customers and how brands should communicate to customers about what to do with the darn thing once they get it. Definitely.
1: Look, biodegradable is a term is something that we, we, we don't even use anymore in the sense that everything's biodegradable. It doesn't really speak to the time that it takes to break down or anything like that. So as a term, it's it's very loose and something that I would avoid. Plastic is biodegradable technically. So um, comp- there is a, diff- a couple of different compostable standards. There's two essentially, and there's industrially compostable and there's home compostable. And, and they vary. And there is one caveat at the moment with industrially compostable products. And that is that we don't really have the facilities in Australia, certainly not curbside, for consumers to actually recycle these products or yeah. put them into the compost so the same thing happens with the coffee cups at the moment and that's why it almost would be better if they were plastic so they could actually be recyclable um whereas now they sort of sit in this gray where they go into the, the tip they end up in waste um if we had the solution for that then i think industrially compostable is a great option i think it's something that we, we need to roll out and slowly will roll out um your other alternative is a home compostable product that's better because it can be put in a consumer's home compost. And in, in some um, councils, it can also be put in the green bin. Now, you'd have to check with your council because it does vary with each council. Um, it's rolling out more and more. A lot of it's to do with the existing contracts that the councils had with um, companies that they were using. Those are slowly expiring. them, you know, starting new, new contracts with companies that will allow them to put these sort of products in the green bin. So I think um, that's a wonderful option for customers if they do have those green bins. And obviously recyclable products are things that can go in, in the recycling, and that's something we're all pretty used to and, and is also a really, really good option, I think.
0: Absolutely. And you, you raise a really good point there around the difference between industrial compostable and home compostable and 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 the absolute farce that industrial compostability claims are here in Australia, because as you point out, we don't have any of those. Um no. and, and the C for you know, for those people that are concerned around the specifics of what the language they have to use, as you should be, the edge will see are coming down very hard on making sure that consumers are properly informed uh, with regards to the terminology you're using. And if you're saying compostable, it really ultimately it needs to be home compostable here in Australia because we don't have the facilities to be industrial compostable. So make sure you've got your your eyes dotted and your t's crossed on on the kind of wording that you're using there. But let's come back to actual home compostable mm. for a moment I, so let's say for the sake of argument that i'm a consumer living in an apartment block in in the big city i don't have a yep. garden uh, i don't have a green bin collection Mm-hmm. What do I do with my compostable mailer?
1: There's actually a couple of options if you're a small, I guess, apartment. You, you can get a wakashi bin, which is a, a, a small composting You're probably thinking, oh, I don't want to compost inside. But it's actually a product that um, doesn't smell at all. It's quite small and, and, and is an option you could then, um, you know, Use um, and and compost products. You're probably saying, well, where would I put it? You put it on a garden somewhere outside or on the nature strip and would actually provide some benefits and nutrients. You can even use the liquid to, um, everybody has a plant inside these days. So it actually is really, really good for the indoor plants. So it's great plant food as well. Um, The other option is there's a a couple of websites that list local compostable, um, I guess centers that you can go and, and drop compost off and there might even be somebody's home somebody who's composting so that's always a good option there's usually one within 100 or 200 meters of, of, of your home so you could always do that as well
0: and and if it comes down to you know obviously we're going down through a uh, a sequence of of best to worst options there yep. home composting in the garden bearing chop it up bearing it in a compost or whatever that's number one Bakashi bin sort of number two number three you know you know green bin if you've got it there what about red bin, yellow bin? Where does that fit? Like, obviously, yellow bin, you you can't recycle compostable mailers unless they also say recyclable, right?
1: Yeah, look, you can't. And and, and probably unless they're made of, you know, something like hard plastic foil or glass or one of the paper, which is obviously the route that we're looking at with our padded mailers, um, yeah. they wouldn't be able to be put into the recycling bin so that is a bit of a caveat and something that people need to be conscious of because you're actually going to ruin your you know, your recyclables if you're adding something like that to it so definitely something to be aware
0: of yeah um and so if you end up chucking them in the red bin i suppose then that the worst case scenario if they go in the red bin they are going to decompose they're not going to be not going to be hanging around for you know 20 years when not, when your grandchildren are young sitting there still in the landfill so that's a good thing at least
1: Look, it is good. They still will produce methane. Um, the benefit of the composting obviously it doesn't produce methane. So, um, yeah. yeah, 100% correct. They won't sit there for you know 50, 100 years and, and be a hazard in that sense. But not an ideal solution.
0: And of course, uh, uh, we're talking when we're talking here, we're, to- we're talking about the sort of plasticky feel ones, the, the, uh, the compostable mailers, but not the paper-based ones, right? Because obviously, the paper waste ones, I'm assuming, are both recyclable and compostable. <laughs>
1: In most cases, but it's something that's really interesting, and some of our competitors have been putting out some some literature about it. I think you need to sort of be really clear about that. The adhesive on paper mailers, in most cases, is not compostable, so customers need to be really aware of that. So that would be the adhesive on on some of these um, padded mailers that may be paper-based and things like that, as well as the adhesive strip. So those parts you would probably need to to cut out um, and be careful about around the edges as well on on those products as well because they are sealed with. A hot melt glue which is plastic essentially.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. So that's something I hadn't thought about. So that's opened my eyes to something because I i would definitely have been chopping those up and putting them in the bin because they say compostable is exactly what the c doesn't like.
1: Yeah, well actually to be to be honest, this is where it gets really interesting. All cardboard boxes, most cardboard boxes, 90% you know the RSC cardboard boxes you would buy, they also have a, a hot melt glue on them. Um so what the boxes that we we actually sell are one that are a completely die cutting fold up without any glue. So it's something glued Really, sort of tried to sort of steer away from, but it, it's something that when most people aren't aware of, it probably won't have a huge issue in your compost because we're talking about you know small amounts. But personally, if I'm putting those things on, on my compost, on my food, or on, on a source of my garden that's going to then be my food, I prefer not to have plastic in fucking that. You know, stay away from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and since you raised, you know, sort of like the the, the minor components of those packaging as, as whether are are or aren't compostable. What about inks and printing and labels and those and all the other stuff that gets affixed to it? What what about those things?
1: Yeah, it's an awesome question. It's something that um, we sort of tackle all the time. I think you can start at tape, and tape goes. You know, if you're talking about tape on boxes and things like that. The recyclable um, process, they will be removed. Essentially, it all gets turned into a slurry um, and then the tape gets filtered off and, and the paper and, and pulp gets sent the other way. So that's okay in, in most cases.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, so what about inks then? What about inks? Yeah. Are they uh, compostable? What happens, you know, because obviously inks can be full of all sorts of toxic materials potentially. And, and what are your inks made of, I suppose, specifically
1: we should talk about? Yeah, look definitely a really, really important one. So water-based inks are usually going to be okay. Inks is a really, really tough one because as far as I'm concerned, sort of in all of my research, there's no such thing as a sustainable ink apart from one wonderful company in the US called Living Ink, which is actually making ink from algae. Um, ink contains carbon, so it's never going to be great for the environment. Um, but that being said, the minimal amounts of ink that usually vegetable-based are usually vegetable based and water based are technically okay, you know, newspaper can also go in the in the compost. Um, I think you need to be careful about, you know, VOCs and things like that. Um, all of the inks that we used are water-based um, for all of our mailers and for all our cardboard-based products like that. Um, and yeah we're really conscious of the sort of things that we're using because it is really important yeah you definitely have to be careful about that but it's quite minimal amounts in most cases so it's going to be okay in the compost
0: amazing and what, what about other stuff that goes in with the mailers you know the the padders the fillers all the rest of it what how do people think more sustainably when they're packing that sort of stuff up
1: it's a really interesting one i think something that's happening this year a lot is that people are minimizing their packaging which I think is a great thing um we don't you know that like probably the opposite of what I should be saying but in the end we're here to make a difference to the world and, and that that you know packaging is what we do but if people use less and, and in a lot of I guess ways the products that we're trying to provide people with help them do that um, that's a great way to save. Um, Hex wraps are a really good way to pad things that you don't have to use as much as you normally would. Make sure you're using you know, the right size boxes. Um, we've just put out a blog in, in regards to some of those little things and, and packing and warehousing and, and efficiencies around those areas. Um, because definitely less is less is more and it's a, it's a big trend this year that people are pulling back a little bit from um that really sort of out their packaging. Because the unboxing experience is really important, but um not necessarily the expense um, that people may have been spending before
0: if you can minimize that as much as possible obviously you're just taking pure cost out that the customer doesn't want to have to pay for the customer doesn't necessarily know they're paying for it but they are let's face it correct and if you can keep that down then then if there's price pressure coming in at the top end as we see uh, a more and more tumultuous economy come through um, you've got that little bit of wiggle room uh, with the gross margin end. uh, if you can minimize the packaging as well so that makes sort of a hundred percent sense i guess it
1: also makes sense i guess from the sustainability viewpoint as well which is is yeah
0: less is more when it comes to sustainability literally it's sort of a bit cliche but it's certainly it's certainly true so uh with regards compostable mailers i mean one of the things that i think uh some brands are concerned about is obviously the essence the whole point of compostable mailers is that they break down right yep. that's the whole point of them and so what do brands need to think about when they're buying compostable mailers in terms of the length of lifetime length of shelf life like how many should they buy at once how how much in advance can they buy
1: it's an important consideration and look it's something that we have to deal with in regards to warehousing as well because we need to make sure that our customers only get the freshest stock so we cycle our, our stock in three months batches and, and, and that's all that sits in our warehouse for um you know, Otherwise, our customers get stocked up and won't have the lifespan it needs. But essentially, we recommend that customers are purchasing uh, three to six-month blocks. Our mails will last nine to 10 months in a cool, dry location. Um, they don't like humidity. Now, saying that they're not going to suddenly break down. But if they do get wet, it will speed up that process a little bit. So, yeah, we recommend customers sort of buying that three to six-month block, which does make it a little bit difficult for customers who are looking for custom and, and looking for those higher MOQs. Um, but... To try and
0: provide those services as well. Yeah, it's interesting you say about um about water, and obviously, you know, water isn't it, it is an essential element of composting. So it makes sense that they that if they yes. if they're a particularly humid environment, like uh, Queensland or or something, that they that you keep them in a in a sort of temperature and, and humidity controlled environment. I would say, but yes, you know, it, I, I want to just allay any fears that someone might have if they've never used compost or made It's not like the the postman is walking down the street uh you know handing them out in the rain and they're literally dissolving before their very eyes, right? It's it's not like a dissolvable package. <laughs>
1: no, def- definitely not. And look, I think I should have leave you out the fears for any Queenslanders or anybody up in Northern Territory anywhere it is really humid. They will be fine there as well. It is definitely um you know something that might speed up the process, but we're not talking about something that's going to break down in front of your eyes or even in six months. It will break down um you know once it's buried or once it gets in contact with the processes and all the microbes that that go into the compost, um, but otherwise it will sort of stick around. What is interesting though, and I think it speaks to the compostability of the product, that after about 14 months, you really do start to see um, a real breakdown in the quality of the material in the sense that it will be quite fragile and you can sort of almost feel that it's starting to break down at about the two year mark even out of a compost you can really see that it's always starting to break down in front of you so that is quite fascinating to say
0: last consideration before we get onto an interesting topic that i want to explore with you as well so obviously you know um you can go to australia post and you can go and buy a pack of 10 satchels yeah. um right and it's and it's pre labeled uh, all the rest of it you you know whatever else how does that how does the process for you know for a small brand in particular how does the process compare what they need to think about in terms of using you know compostable mailers uh from heaps good Don't or know. anyone else for that matter instead of you know just going them going with australia post's offering
1: look i guess there's a couple of advantages and most customers probably if they're doing a little bit of volume should look at something like my post business where they can you know get some discounts on on what they're actually sending and, and print their labels at home which is a little bit easier than necessarily going to the post office and and doing all of that. You also have the ability then to write back to your website or Shopify store and and update customer tracking details instantly and automatically without having to scan things and and do it manually. So that's also um, a a benefit. But essentially what what customers would mostly be doing, and probably 90% of our customers, whether they're using DHL or TNT or... um, Australia Post, which most of our customers are, uh, or Sendle, or any of the other sort of platforms, um, they're printing labels with the thermal printer, which is sort of the easiest way to sort of, I guess, make a, a shipping note these days. It also reduces ink. Um, it's, it's very speedy. It's an adhesive label. And, and most of the time, I don't think people are putting invoices in, in packages these days. We're reducing paper and sending invoices via email. So mm. it's as simple as whacking on one of those labels and printing it from your desired carrier. Um, Lacking one of those labels onto your your bag or your box or whatever you're you're sending, and either dropping it off at the post office or getting them to come and pick it up from you. If, you know, depending on what the carrier is. So, um I think as your business grows, that's that's the way to do things. It will also save you time um, and a little bit of money because you get certain tiers and, and better yeah. discounts depending on who you go with.
0: Perfect. And and then does the hate label does that affect the compostability if they're using compostable satchels in any way?
1: So those labels that we've got um, are, so it's it's an interesting one. Technically, industrially compostable, we've been testing them in our own home compost um, for the last year or two and and they actually break down in about 12 months. Um, So it's got a fully home compostable adhesive um, technically, but yeah, we sort of, uh, uh, as far as the certification goes, it is only industrially compostable. So it's it's one of those things that we need to be really clear about that. Um, But yeah, you can either take that off or put that in and cut it up and we'll end up composting in in the home compost.
0: A few moments ago, you mentioned around you know large volumes to be custom printing the custom yeah. mailers, but you've got a bit of a solution for delivering brand experiences on packaging. And after all, you know, we, let's come back to the point we made earlier on, which is that actually packaging is a really incredibly important uh, branding moment. It's an important experiential moment for customers, particularly if they're the first time customers that you've just acquired. Yes. And they bought your lovely product that you've spent all this time and care on. And now the first thing they see is the mailer satchel or the mailer box. And you want that experience to be part of the overall journey, right? You want it to feel absolutely congruent with your message and all the rest of it. So tell us, Adam, a little bit about the solutions that you've come up with to help brands deliver that kind of quality of experience.
1: Look, first, I think what you said is 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 correct that the MOQs are quite high for, for custom packaging normally, and that makes the barriers to entry for, for small businesses quite difficult. So one of the things that a lot of our customers were demanding in the early days was, you know, we want to be able to customize your eco mailers. Now, the MOQ on that was, was 10,000 pieces, it, and it still is. We've worked really hard with our suppliers to bring that down, but that's where it sits. And, and there's a whole bunch of reasons, from, from waste to, obviously, the, the cost factor, um, but We've, we've released a, a bunch of different um, compostable eco labels. We've got a, a bunch of stickers as well. So, and we're actually now printing um, eco labels in-house um, for customers who don't have a, a thermal printer. So there's a bunch of really cheap ways. And we're too, when I say cheap, they start as cheap as three cents a sticker. Um, so I think when you're looking at a compostable sticker for you know branding, that's a, a really really sort of nice um, price point for, for customers. They're also really easy for them to design at home if they want to do it that way. Um, the other product that we've just recently released, which I think is really exciting is, um, obviously we have, we have boxes that we sell, um, cardboard mailers, which have been a great product for us. And we're now offering custom box print, which is something that, um, I think. Uh, for, for smaller customers, for smaller runs of 100 or 250 pieces, you know, up to a thousand has always been quite expensive. There's always been set up fees. Um, you need to make plates. So we're using a, a digital print um, and what I have to print on our 99.9% recycled boxes. So as far as we're concerned, as far as we've seen out on the market, it's the highest recycled content box um, that is able to be custom printed in Australia. So that's really exciting. I think the price points there are really exciting for our customers as well, um, which gives them that little bit of extra branding if, they, if they're looking for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's amazing. And uh, you know, because like you said, uh it becomes quite a daunting prospect to have to buy tens, thousands of units of things um, you know, in, in advance. If you're a decent sized business, it's great. If you're a small business that's maybe sending out, you know, a couple of hundred orders a month, um, you know, maybe up to a thousand orders per Per month it becomes wow that's nearly a year's worth of investment just in our packaging that we've got to that we've got to put in place which is a big exactly uh so what you've done is you've brought that down to essentially a couple of months worth in advance which of course makes everything achievable and what does the economics of that look like i mean are we talking huge dollar values to to achieve achieve the small moq or or not
1: starts at sort of 295 um and and goes up depending on the on the size of the box but we definitely have um volume breaks as well so thousand markets it's a fair bit cheaper something we've introduced on the price uh, on the site recently is unit pricing so right below the pricing you can actually see the unit price which is something that i think in the market that we're sort of entering is is really important for customers to be able yeah. to see and it just breaks it down and make it very clear yeah
0: brilliant what sort of design work can you actually do is it just a logo is it anything what can you actually do with it
1: I'm too glad that you touched on that. It's something we should talk about. So we can print any colors. And, and one of the offerings that we have, which is probably different to our, um, I guess, competitors or anybody out there who's who's offering um, print on boxes, is that we print on both sides. So usually you have an extra cost of 50 cents per side. You print on the second side, we print on four areas, and we can print on the inside of the box, so both sides as well. Um, any colours, um, we make it really easy to design. We've actually done it. You can use Canva if you want to. So if you don't have any design experience, you literally drag, you know, and drop the pieces into our template. You send that across to us with the artwork, and we send you back a proof and, and, and away you go. You can also do it in Adobe. we have given you both options and, and templates for both. So really, really simple. And, you know, if anybody else needs any help, we're always there to give them some assistance and, and guide them through. But Canva's a great way to do that, and it is completely yeah. free. So, yeah.
0: I mean, this might be a bit geeky and a bit technical, so apologies <laughs> for anybody that doesn't want to go this deep into printing. But obviously there's a bit of a difference between print colours and screen colours. Yes. Uh, and, and there's obviously going to be a bit of a difference between, um, you know what your design looks like on screen and what it looks like on printed recycled card as well. So okay. how should people think about that? Uh, are there ways that they should prepare themselves for the differences and and compensate for that?
1: Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one, and I think we sort of find the same thing with any product that, that isn't white. Um, and there's a reason we don't offer white boxes. It's either that bleached and, and the highest recycled content you can find in a white mailing box is seventy percent. So for us, it was just not not an option. Um, we prefer to go with this you know recycled box that we've got. So on mm. black and anything like that, there's there's obviously no issues and it prints it prints beautifully with colours. You do need to be slightly conscious that the brown will slightly affect those lighter colours. Um, we've got ways to increase that contrast and things like that. So it's not too much of an issue. And so far the results we're getting are, are really quite nice. And it's um it's it's really beautiful on the on the brown box. It has a, a quite a nice natural look to it as well. So mm. um it, look it's definitely something customers have to be conscious of. And obviously, white is something that you can't really print with CMYK anyway. So yeah. um, they also need to be conscious that they have white in their logo that it does shade very well um, and, and creates beautiful shading. But if you had white, it would just be transparent and would show as, as you know, the, the brown box pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's a single layer print as well. Single process. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. And so coming sort of back to the question a little bit about what, what storytelling elements can people bring in to, you know, to their packaging? Is it just, the logo is it just the name is it just a bit of text or can they can they print essentially some instructions can they print you know can they do a bit more storytelling in there what, what have you seen that, How how what creative ways have you seen people use this already
1: yeah and i think that's where you you really sort of you got you know you go outside the box so to speak which is incredibly cliche with, with, with this specific product but um We've seen some really cute stuff. And I think when you're, when you're speaking to your customers and putting welcoming messages on the inside, um, you know, that, that opening experience, that unboxing experience is, is really nice. They get some, some branding on top and, and, it, it provides, um, I guess an idea of what they're going to get and open the box and it's got some beautiful imagery and some beautiful text and, mm-hmm. um, then they're sort of, you know, led down to their product. So it's just a really nice unboxing experience. We've seen some really cute stuff like that. More around the messaging, I think, so far. We've seen some really nice design stuff in regards to colors and interesting ways of sort of printing um and things that we probably didn't think would print really well but turned out wonderful. You know, the actual quality of this machine and the way that we can print is, is pretty impressive. So, yeah. Um, but look, great opportunity for, for customers to, to speak. More um, for so businesses to speak to their customers, um, and yeah. I think that's the best opportunity. Sort of, and how I would use it, and how we would
0: plan to use it as well. Yeah, I, I think that's really wise words, and and we we've definitely seen uh, this being a um, hugely underused and therefore missed opportunity to go one step further to engage people in the story, in the mission, and what the brand's all about, and of course, just make them feel welcome at the end of the day. Uh, exactly. You know, like like you say, when you you kind of expect some stuff on the outside of the box. And probably most people are just keen to get in there and see what's inside the box. So having something on the lid as it flips open to welcome them and to orient them and to uh, reinforce what the, you know, that they've done a great job in buying from your brand because it's better for the planet or whatever else. That's an opportunity that you absolutely a hundred percent should take because it's something yep. that most of your competitors probably won't be doing. And it just gives them an instantly positive experience. Uh, which they'll never forget. First impressions count; they really do. Without a doubt. Um, and so make make it count. Uh, and 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 now that you guys have have put this technology together that enables even small brands to have access to that, to me, it's an absolute no brainer to get involved because the, you know the barrier to doing that is is basically zero.
1: Exactly, and I mean, that's why yeah we, we we sort of were so excited about this product for our customers because um, you know they can get involved from a hundred pieces onwards. So um, no, it's it's been really good, and so far the uptake has been has been good as well. So
0: yeah fantastic so so adam you you shared a little bit about the the padded mailer that's coming up what else is exciting for heaps good over the course of 2023 that customers can can look forward to as well
1: Uh, i've got a couple of things in the works i think the other thing that's really exciting is this padded mailer We will be able to print on and and offer custom print on the on the padded mailers as well when they are are released so um that's really really exciting for our customers so we sort of Providing more options in that, in that custom suite. Um, got a couple of really interesting products that we're working on. Um, I think one of the ones we've been working on in the background for probably within a year now plus, uh, which has taken a little bit of time to roll out, but is something we really want to do this year is, is something more involved with the charity and a way that we can give back, uh, via our website and via our traffic. Um, so it'll be a line of products that's, that's catered towards, um, donations and, and creating, um, a viable sort of income stream for charities. Yeah, um, that we work with because we've got a bunch of charities that people are working with really closely, and that we've been, you know, donating to, and even you know, sending mailers when we have stock that we have overstocked, for example. So I think um, that's a really, really exciting project that we really want to sort of get off the ground this year. So that's probably the main one that I'm, I'm really excited about because it's very different from what we're currently doing, and it's going to open us up to a, a different set of customers as well. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Well, Adam, where like, in case people aren't aware, because obviously you guys have have been uh, sponsors of the show for the last couple of months and and have and have listened to this a few times but if they're not if they're not clear <laughs> where do people go to to buy some of these amazing eco mailers compostable mailers and stuff from Heaps Good?
1: so the website is heapsgoodpackaging.com.au and for all your listeners out there we've got a, a code running which is pack like a boss all one word and that will give you 10 percent off your initial order
0: Adam, thanks very much. It's been so much fun catching up with you today and going deep into some of the techniques and technologies behind the truth behind uh, sustainable packaging. And uh, so it's been great to it's great to hear from you again and great to have you back on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. On. It's always um, a pleasure, and I always enjoy the, the chats. And hopefully, your listeners found it interesting as well.
0: Back to Giles again for my top takeouts. And firstly, let's get real about recyclable plastic mailers as much as we might want it to be that's really not a thing here in australia the collapse of the red cycle program has shown clearly that soft plastics recycling is deeply problematic the a recently released some guidance that you shouldn't claim something is recyclable if it can't broadly be recycled by consumers and i think that directly applies now to technically recyclable plastic mailer satchels so if you're using those currently now might be a good time to check out paper-based or compostable mailers instead both of which of course you can get from my sponsors. Secondly the word compostable is often confusing to consumers industrially compostable items kind of fall in the same bag as plastic mailers from the ACCC's guidance point of view because we don't have any easily accessible industrial composting facilities here in Australia. Home compostable is what you need, but that isn't without its confusion points. So if you're using those, make sure you're communicating with your customers about what to do with them once they get them. Lastly, story, story, story. Packaging is not just a way to keep products safe en route to your customer. It's also a brilliant touch point with your customers in the moment they first get your products in their hands. Imagine this scene for a moment. They've purchased your good for the planet product. They're excited to unpack it, to see it for the first time, to use it and enjoy it. Do you want their first experience to be extracting it from packaging that ends up in landfill? I can promise you that as a consumer myself, I hate that. But beyond that, imagine the moment when they open the lid and inside is a mission aligned message, congratulating them for taking action, for choosing better and giving them some next steps. How powerful would that be to engaging people and enrolling them in your movement? That used to be unapproachable for small brands because of the huge MOQs, but with heaps goods innovation, that capability is now in every brand owner's hands. And that to me is a huge game changer. So I hope today's episode got you thinking about a few things about whether you're using packaging as well as you could be. Please don't forget to head over to tinyurl.com 50eps and leave your comments there to help us make the next 50 episodes even better and more impactful. For now, I want to say thanks again to Adam and Heaps good packaging for joining me today. Don't forget their discount code, PackLikeABoss, to get 10% off your first order with them. I'll be back again next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce, so until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.